that was oh that was such an annoying race too i was like pretty good like tom was tom was pretty much leading it out yeah. and i was like all right yeah cool got his will Crampo comes up to the inside on the last corner, clips his pedal, almost like blows me out of the pack. And I'm just like, what are we down. doing? Yeah, imagine if he took me down. That would have been, oh, oh, it would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Back to Perth. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally. Anyway, That's so cool. yeah, it was it was fun though. Like it got to the point where we were doing like two crits a week. Like one on a Tuesday and then the Super Series on, on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday. G'day legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Zwift, episode 6 of season 3. Here we are. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Sarah Giganti. What a legend. That was a real fun episode to to record and uh, we'll be back for another episode later in the year, maybe around Aussie summer time. But today's episode, we're going to the velodrome, okay? But before we do, uh, big shout out, okay? Title sponsor, Zwift, of course the title sponsor of the Press Room Podcast, Tour de France fams, uh, Roubaix fams, my lord, it's so good. If you haven't had a crack at Zwift, get on the website, uh, www.zwift.com, and you can do the uh, free trial, seven days. Once you've had a crack, you don't even need seven days. You just need to do a couple of rides, go do a group ride, uh, do a little bunchy, do a race, and you will be hooked. Okay, today's guest, okay? I thought we would talk with Matthew Richardson. He's just won two gold medals at the Commonwealth Games. He won the track sprint and they won the team sprint with his teammates, Glatzer and Tom Cornish. They are an absolutely rapid trio and Matty has just proved himself the fastest in the Commonwealth getting gold in the track sprint. Now, I've been following Richo's uh, career for quite a while. I've known him for a long time. In fact, we went to uh, a nationals together when I was uh, managing the WA team. And in fact, we didn't talk about this in the podcast, but I was actually there many moons ago when Matty was 15 years old and we were testing him and a few other uh, high-performance junior athletes. We were testing him at uni and we were doing, um, uh, we were testing, well, I was helping out with the research of the current track sprint coach for Australia, Lynn Munro, and she was testing the biomechanics of sprinting, track sprinting, uh, at different cadences. And Matty was one of the athletes there. And gee, he was a beast. Even back then as a 14, 15-year-old, he was built like a brick shit house, so um, no surprises that he's gone on to be one of the fastest in the world. And I tell you what, having just won the gold now uh, at the Commonwealth Games, next year in Paris, look out for him. He will contest the medals in the track sprint. He is going that fast, and he's certainly edging into that top three uh, of the, the, the best sprinters in the world. So I thought we'd catch up with Matty. I talked with him about maybe a month or so ago, and uh, we learn a lot about track sprinting in this episode. Now, uh, I follow track, track uh, cycling, but when it comes to track sprinting, I'm not fully across it. And what Matty does really well here is explain some of the real simple terms of track and how they train, how they get faster, how they get bigger, and how that translates to competition. He does it really well that someone who maybe follows road cycling more uh, or cyclocross someone will be able to pick that up really easily with the way he explains it. So it's a really interesting episode and we kind of find out what uh, you know what gets Matty ticking over off the bike as well. So with that, it's time to get stuck to the episode legends, get on the commute, get on the ergo. It's time for the Press Room Podcast. This is episode six. See you soon. 
download and shit. Zoom. Oh, okay. Not, yeah. not a Zoom man. That's my apologies. No, no, we don't really use it. We use um, Microsoft Teams meetings or some whatever. So, yeah. I don't know why there's not actually used it yet. Yeah, I don't know why there's not just one. Like, <laughs> I know, I know this. <laughs> Let's simplify <laughs> <know>. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, um, mate, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast, mate. It's funny, you know, many moons ago, we were sharing a van together at the Nationals. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, that was good, eh? That was a good time. Long time ago now, but yeah, I guess uh, time goes quick. Yeah. On that very same trip, I met um, Kel as well and um, Sammy Wellsford properly as well. So yeah, maybe it was the van. Maybe it was the high <laughs> van that started all this. It was meant to be. It was yeah. meant to be. So, um, mate, uh, Maddie, what are you going? What are you up to at the moment? Uh, not a lot. I mean, I just came back from World Cups um, and went back to Perth actually last week. So, visited some family. Um, yeah, I've got a nephew now. He's about eight months old. So, went back to a little fella. Um, caught up with some friends and stuff, and yeah, now I'm just now I'm back training for training for what comes next, I guess. Yeah, sick. Okay, and um, we'll chat about your World Cups in a, in a moment. But uh, what sort of like what you, what current like phase of your training are you in? Are you in like a certain uh, like a a section of your training that you're focusing on something in particular? Yeah. So basically, right now we're, I guess pretty much the furthest away from the next comp that we that we possibly will be. So we're kind of at the moment trying to squeeze on a bit more muscle mass, you know, a bit more load in the gym, a few more reps, that kind of thing. So we'll kind of be there for a few weeks um, before changing it, changing it up to something a bit more specific. So the further out from comp you are, the more less specific the training is, gym and, and on the track. So, for example, currently we're, like I said, maybe trying to squeeze on a few more kilos of muscle mass. So we'll do more gym, less track. And then slowly that'll kind of swap around coming into a competition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there a limit for how like much, you know, mass you can put on? Is there a limit or the track's like? I'd say uh, it really depends on the individual. Like for myself, I mean, for a lot of us, it, it yeah really depends on your own kind of physiology like for me for example i even touch a weight with my arms and i'll go gain size in my upper body like no problem right my legs for example i'll do heaps of training reps sets all of it just to squeeze on an extra kilo or something you know what i mean so i think that mainly comes from my gymnastics background like that's kind of all my body's known from a really young age was just strength and size kind of yeah in 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 the upper body and absolutely nothing on the legs so i think coming into cycling it kind of stayed the same um <laughs> don't really need to do a lot of upper body nowadays and um yeah it's just all all go on the legs so i guess to answer your question like i've had phases where i've tried super super hard to squeeze on squeeze on as many kilos as possible on my legs gain like 300 grams and then i've had other times where i haven't really tried at all and I've gained two kilos. Wow. You know what I mean? It really, like, it's, for me, it's been not the, uh, oh, I'm back. Sorry. Got a 20% warning there. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, for me, I haven't really been able to figure out 
exactly why. Like I think the less track I do, the less fatigued my body is. So the more my muscles are able to recover and build kind of on top of each other. So I mm. think for me, it's, it's a case of do as much as possible with as much rest as possible at the same time. Like it's a bit of a, bit of a balancing act. So it's, it's how we get that done basically with, I guess, like a, if, if I go do eight sets of squats in the gym and go out on track and do eight kilos, you know what I mean? I'm going to be so fried that my body is just not going to be able to repair itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I go do those the, the eight sets of squats and then come out on track and only do a couple efforts, then maybe when I sleep that night, you know, my body will, will recover better and, and build stronger bigger mm. muscles. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I feel you on the upper body thing. I just can't, you know, touch a, <laughs> you know, touch a kilo dumbbell, mate. And um, geez, I mean, this is a, th- a triple XL uh, attacker shirt. But, uh, <laughs> but it is really interesting because, yeah, a different. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it's just just horses, horses for courses. Um, yeah, just kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. So. When it comes to putting on um, mass, trying to put on mass, that sort of stuff, like how do you measure it? You mentioned you put on three hundred grams here, you put on two kilos here. How you how do you guys measure that? Is it just like through skin folds or through like dexes? Like what are you doing? Yeah, so basically we do dexes like a few times a year. That gives us like a pretty accurate reading on you know body composition, fat mass, muscle mass bone density like lots of things the more you do the more you kind of understand each athlete because we'll do uh like a dexa for example along with skin folds maybe so you kind of learn and we like measure like measure arms measure legs measure whatever right so you kind of get this profile of each athlete where they're kind of at in correlation to that dexa with these skin folds and and um and kind of girth measurements so like at the moment we're pretty like we're pretty dialed with basically just skin folds body mass and then measuring the girth mm. like you, you don't need to go and get a dexa scan and all that sort of stuff and and, yeah. and do all that sort of crazy thing so you kind of um like let's say you gain weight your skin folds go down well that's mass so mm-hmm. then you go well where is it you measure your arms you measure your legs your legs are have grown and your arms haven't then you can pretty much guess that you've put x amount of mass on your legs mm, that makes sense what so I was, yeah what i was going to ask before i lost my train of thought was is it as is it as just as important as your lower body strength and size um as the upper body are they the same well, obviously cycling is a leg-based sport with the track sprinting it's yeah. different right like what is there a percentage is like sort of a 60 40 split or or is it more than that oh yeah, I wouldn't know the percentage. Uh, like, I guess what, what I know like? is, I reckon a lot of it feels like there's obviously a lot that goes through like calves, quads, and glutes. Hmm. But I feel a lot like go through my back, lower back, upper back, and shoulders. So I think obviously the more powerful you are in the legs, the stronger you need to be in your upper body to actually be able to use that, right? Otherwise, you're just going to fold yourself basically like it just won't happen but it's something that kind of happens naturally like as your legs are getting stronger in the gym they get faster on the bike your upper body kind of adapts Mm. to that just kind of on the fly obviously you can we do back exercises and upper body exercises to i guess speed up that process and to be as prepared as possible and 
I guess, to allow all the work that you're doing on your legs to actually be shown out on the bike, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to put a percentage split on it. Obviously with upper body, it's, I mean, with, with everything, it needs to be, you don't want anything that's not functional. You know what I mean? You want everything that everything you've got doing something basically. Mm -hmm. So if you just absolutely jacked in your upper body, like, yeah, you might be, super strong in your upper body but how much of that is actually getting used yeah. yeah is 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 another matter so and it really depends on the person too like some of the guys in the sprint field are absolute units you know what i mean they're massive but they're probably putting out the watts as well yeah yeah definitely i suppose you need to have the the size all around just to be able to complete those lifts that you guys are doing to get faster too right um yeah exactly exactly so what I've always wanted to know, and I thought this would be interesting for the, the audience as well, is how are you getting faster? So, like, obviously you're training in the gym um, and you're trying to put on size, trying to uh, – doing the, the practicing on the track as well. But how do you get faster? Are you training, like – is there phases of the sprint that you can try and improve? Like, is that, is that a thing? Is, is it broken down like that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Like you kind of got, I mean, for me, like if I sit down and think, how am I getting faster? Hmm. It's pretty simple for myself at the moment because of my age. Like I feel like, you know, as you kind of come into your prime, we say, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't really matter what you're doing. As long as you're doing the things that work for you, you're going to get better. Yeah. You know I mean? Obviously you want to do the best things you possibly can because then you're going to get better faster and you're going to reach a higher level. Yeah. For me, it's like, I think if, if I get to 28, 30 years old and I'm still getting quicker, mm. then it'd be like, right. Like how are you, how are you still getting yeah. like this much quicker? Right. Like, you, like how is this still happening? Right. Basically. So right now it just feels like my training age is just increasing, you know, like mm. I'm just getting naturally bigger and stronger from training and like my body's obviously kind of coming into like i said like this kind of prime phase yeah um so that's basically like how i feel i'm still improving obviously we we learn we learn from previous preps as well yeah like coming into the olympics you know you learn what worked what didn't work in exercises in in volume in efforts in how many times you trained a week in how much sleep you got you know what i mean nutrition mm-hmm. like what was your body composition at the Olympics versus world championships? And you know what I mean? Like all these kind of things. So mm. you kind of piece together kind of roadmap for next season. And you sit down and you plan like what worked, what didn't work, what yeah. are we going to do this time? Um, and I think a, a key point in that is when you do, it takes longer to do this, but it's more sound. You just change like one thing each time. Right. So you, you have a set plan and it might be different to last year, but you've only changed something small. Mm. You know what I mean? You haven't gone, ah, we'll change sleep, nutrition, yeah. lifting, training, the amount of times. Cause if it works or doesn't work, you don't know which bit is responsible. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you never try and change too much. If that makes sense, even if you've learned, lots it, even if you've learned like ah oh, that didn't work that did work blah 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 next season you go all right well let's try and just do that thing 
whatever it may be. And if you go faster, then you can definitely say that works. Yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, that's, that's really well. That's put. kind of how you p- progress, I guess, year to year is you learn from what you did the last year. Try not change too many things. Because if it goes either way, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit confusing for yourself. Yeah. Um, that makes complete sense. And I think, and I think like, again, like there's a big technology factor into it too. You know what I mean? Like we're always able to create better equipment and faster skin suits and, and all that sort of stuff. So that obviously is, mm. uh, you know, we live in quite a technical sport, Yeah. Um, which for me, I, I really like that side of things, but um, yeah, it's that, that, I guess that's another component and yeah, not only learning new things on technology side of things, but obviously like sports science changes and people figure out new ways to lift. And, and it, we're really at the end of like the pointy end of things where you're just changing super small things. You know, it could even be how deep you squat. Wow. You know what I mean? Like the tiniest little thing, yeah. like can make a big difference. And, and then I guess the last thing would be, just trying to stay injury free mm. you know consistent training is the most important important aspect really mm. you know what i mean like just if, even if you're consistently training average that'd be better than having one amazing day and yeah. then you're off for three weeks because you've broken your ankle or something you know what i mean yeah, like it, yeah touch wood it, that yeah so that's basically <laughs> yeah. it my, my thoughts at least that was probably quite a lot but no good <laughs> answer it makes a lot of sense and i wondered what is the what did you change this season Ah, so this season, so last season I had a pretty bad back injury, um, like herniated disc, nerve compression, blah, blah, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that that was quite bad. Like th- this comes back to the consistent training factor. So the year before, for example, was a really good year, like hardly any injuries, like maybe missed a couple sessions all year and finished off the year with big PBs and and kind of felt a real step in my progression the olympic year i was just battling this back injury missing so much training and it just had like a massive impact on the olympics basically i still got there but by the skin of my teeth literally and uh so afterwards we just reset and basically the big change for me was right let's not injure your back It's like (laughs) point number one right (laughs) so what exercises are good for your back what exercises hurt your back and flare up your back. Um, so that was basically the biggest kind of learnings from last year. Mm. Um, and yeah, basically I've just been like consistently training. Like that, that was my main, my main goal yeah. was let's just train consistently. And I'm just doing the exercises that I know work for me. We've got a couple more in the bag that we're going to try uh, in the lead up to the next comps. So we had like, we try to, we try to prep for the, for the world cups, but it's not really like, it's not really any sort of taper at all. Like we just came into it kind of strong and fit. Yeah. There was no, there was no like freshen up. There was no taper. There was no, like none of that kind of thing. So there's actually still a lot to come, which is quite encouraging. Um, So like I said, like, my main goal was consistency. We got that, right? Had a good World Cup season. Now it's like, right, let's add a couple exercises. Let's change it a little bit and see what we get at the next comp. Wow. So, okay. Um, 
yeah, that, that like, it's not a whole lot of learnings from last season. It was more just around injury prevention and that sort of thing. Cause I feel like at the moment I know how to be in good shape for competition. I know kind of where my body composition needs to be. I'm, I've moved to second now. So I've increased my, uh, I guess, race mass by about six kilos. So at the games, I was like 76 ish. And then at the, the world cups, Glasgow and Milton, I was 84. Really? Yeah. Eight kilos more. Yeah. I mean, I was just trying to get, basically just get bigger. Like I was just, I was just too small for star lap. It was good. Like star lap was like power to weight. Yeah. I mean, power to weight and everything. Right. But the small guys really struggled to push wind. Hmm. it's just they're just like, i mean that's 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 what i found at least like the bigger you are the more mass you have rolling around the track like I, I don't understand all the science and all the numbers on it but it seems that the bigger you are the more kind of rolling mass you have yeah and yeah. the easier it is to ride like on the front of kieran's for example or do second wheel or third wheel or flying 200s are easier or not easier, but can be faster as you obviously dive down from the top of the track. So you have more mass basically yeah. rolling down a hill. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's true. that yeah. was, that was the other thing that I was, that was like my main goal after the games, other than like injury prevention was let's try and get a lot bigger yeah, and race at that weight as well. Yeah. Um, it, it makes sense. Um, if you, yeah. yeah. When you think about just not counting diving up and down the track and that sort of stuff, but absolute power on flat terrain, if aerodynamics are the same and you're doing the same amount of power as the person next to you, the person yeah. higher absolute watts would go further. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, I mean, well, that moves us to the World Cups. You've had such a good start to the season. I don't think you've been off the podium, eh, in any of your results so far at Glasgow or Milton? Nah, yeah, so five events. Just and, living on um, those steps. Yeah. Yeah, just meddled in all, every, every one of them. But, Couldn't have asked much more, really. Yeah, but the best result my, uh, for me, and I've been following the World Cups, the coverage has been pretty good, um, is winning the sprint gold medal at Milton. That must be. Yeah. Was, is that your favourite result so far? Because obviously you took the team sprint in Glasgow, which is awesome. For yeah. The team, you smashed it. But winning the individual yeah. must have felt good. Yeah, it was good. Like it, it was kind of a bit of a breakthrough for me. Like, I guess Glasgow was good. I was, I was, I was, I got quite ill on the flight over, yeah. which was super unfortunate. But I think it just showed kind of the difference of not being sick made in in Milton. Like I was, I was there in Glasgow. Like I was there, but I was, I was battling. You know what I mean? Like I was just hustling just mm-hmm. to try and get through heats and 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 through sprint rounds and all that sort of stuff. And I was coming in and I was just absolutely dead after each race. And then obviously recovered from the sickness and went out of Milton and just felt like a completely different athlete, basically. Like, and I don't like, I don't really know what it is at the moment. I think, I mean, I guess the biggest change that I've had is I guess my body weight. Yeah. But I think we had a really, really tough good but tough race season early this year like we had a few adelaide track leagues and because there's not many 
people racing at these events. Like, I mean, you've got you've got the enduros racing and all that sort of stuff, but it's not an absolutely stacked program. Yeah. So it's just like back to back to back racing. Like we're wow. like uh, that, those those are some of the hardest races I've ever done in my life. Like, Fuck, absolutely really? cooked, like on the floor, throwing up, and I've got like five <laughs> minutes from going up and racing again. Wow, it was nuts. Like I think one of the days I threw up like five times. It was like <laughs> the hardest thing. Like I said, I said, I said to the organizers, I was like, you, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't do this. Literally, <laughs> I was doing it again. But I think that kind of set us up for oceans and nationals which we had back to back yeah and the same thing there like you get to the semi-finals and they're like yep you have 10 minutes in between rounds mm. and it's just so brutal but mm. i think it's really really good training mm. and then you get to a world cup and all of a sudden you've got an hour maybe it's two hours in between mm. races yeah and it's like easy you know what i mean in a way like i mean compared compared to what i was feeling earlier on in the season and obviously a bit of that's fitness and all that sort of stuff mm. of course but i mean the difference those races made to those world cups and i mean we've got a really good training group here now like lots we've got about like 13 of us or something and like nine nice. guys something like that and it's just oh. and we're all like sub 10 riders you know what i mean so that's it's insane. an unbelievably yeah. competitive environment and it's really healthy and just really good and we're just absolutely charging at each other all the time yeah and yeah it, it and it makes it when you get to world cup like oh, i've already been here like five times this season you know what i mean yeah it's against different people but the process is the same mm, okay and i so i think like that sprint day in milton was it's strange like honestly one of the easiest days i've had on my bike wow like i i just didn't didn't hurt you know what i mean like i was mm-hmm. i was puffed and came off races like oh that was that was hard but yeah i just felt like a completely different athlete that day mm. i don't know if it was like my confidence was building in between rounds like i just was just backing myself mm. not afraid to lead it out each time you know what i mean like if, yeah. if they slowed in front of me just take the front take control of the race i think it was just a nice step for me from where yeah. I've been in the past, you know, obviously being, being the gate starter most of my life, you kind of in your own head that you maybe don't have the same sort of insurance as, as the other guys. So really leave the sprint oh. later. And yeah, I mean, if you don't try, like if you're a starter, you, all you train is for one lap. So you don't actually train much fitness and, and all that sort of stuff. So I guess you never really back yourself to kind of maybe take the front and take those guys longer or, Mm. you know put put a lot of pressure on from the back whereas mm. yeah that's not me anymore so wow. g'day legends hope you're enjoying the episode with maddie richo so far big shout out to the official apparel partner attacker for sponsoring the podcast uh, supporting the pod and uh i just went out for a gravel ride earlier okay out on the mundabitty um just did two hours going through some of the cool single track in the hills in Perth. Really, really cool. And I got this new uh, T-shirt. It's called the Adventure Tech Tee. Check it out on their website. It's really cool. It's kind of like your gravel, loose gravel shirt. It's really, really nice. Long sleeve and the material. It's like a uh, it's like a basketball sort of cross with a sort of sports athletic shirt material. It's really, really nice. Nice and breathable and um yeah the long sleeve is nice too with a little cuff so check it out the design is also cool as well because sometimes the gravel kit other brands put out you know it's just black or it's just olive or it's just 
like base colors. This is kind of like that, but it's got a pattern on it. It looks good. Um, so yeah, check that one out. Don't forget to use the code CR-ThePressRoom in all capitals and you get 15% off anything on Attacker. So um, that just supports the podcast. So uh, if you need some kit, get stuck in. Also, there are um, there's a highlights video of this podcast on the Press Room Podcast YouTube channel. Okay, so if you want to check out a bit of video of this pod, it's pretty funny at times. Uh, go to the Press Room Podcast on YouTube, hit subscribe, watch the video, give it a like, and um, yeah, it's just another way to get uh, you know to see the see the episode. But anyway, legends, let's get back to the podcast. Maddie Richie on the other side of this. Cheers, guys. Really good. I reckon it would have been a little bit of um, all those all those crits you did. You yeah. brought the crits in summer, mate. I saw those. I was following yeah. those Instagram <laughs> posts with, um, <laughs> you know, you and even Crampo was getting involved. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> that was honestly so good. Like, we'd been itching for it, like, all season. Yeah. Because obviously they go on, like, in summer every Tuesday night. We always go out and watch and stuff. And we're always yeah. like, yeah, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, so we all finished. Like, I came back from the games. Uh, Tom had a couple more weeks left to finish his prep. And then as soon as it finished, we were driving around in the camper van, like going to all these crits and stuff. I, uh, I, was, I was a mess though. Like I was coming down every now and then. Like, oh, I was losing no. <laughs> Yeah, like I think I crashed twice. Um, Shit. Anyway, that's just like, because <laughs> I'm not used to turning right. So every... <laughs> Yeah, they were all right-handers. Um, but yeah, it was good. So we were just chopping about on B grade. Um, the photos are just pretty having funny. some having fun. Yeah, it's yeah, worth that a was look. good. Um, everyone is listening. Yeah. You go back and look at um, is it Tom Cornish, uh, yours, um, and oh yeah, the U 2s Instagram was fantastic. Some of the photos you just <laughs> see you guys, and then Crampo's there. These units on the front, <laughs> final kick, like <laughs> these little skinny heroes. <laughs> That was ah, oh, that was such an annoying race too. I was like pretty good. Like Tom was Tom was pretty much leading it out, yeah. and I was like, all right, yeah, cool, got his wheel. Crampo comes up the inside on the last corner, clips his pedal, almost like blows me out the back, and I'm just like, what are we doing? Yeah, imagine if he took me down. That would have been, oh, oh, it would be crazy. Flipped. Yeah, yeah. Back to Perth. Anyway, yeah, yeah, literally, literally. Anyway, That's so cool. yeah, it was it was fun though. Like it got to the point where we were doing like two crits a week. Like one on a Tuesday and then the Super Series on on mm. on uh, Saturday or Sunday. Mm. And it was just a really – I'd never done anything like it before. Like we're going – Monday morning, we're lifting like 200 kilos plus in the squat. Tuesday night, we're racing a crit. Wednesday morning, we're back doing Olympic lifting again. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Friday, we'd do a track session or whatever. And Saturday, we're driving around kind of trying to do the Super Series crits. <laughs> like it was just a super fun time. Like yeah. I think – yeah. I mean, a, a few people finish like a big competition and want to have a break and time off and all that sort of stuff. And I guess like if that works for you, that's good. For me, it's like let's have fun racing my bike in, in something different. You yeah, know I'm I mean? sure that would have felt different. like a break as well, just yeah, racing the crits. Absolutely. It's completely different. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Um, we, yeah. I wanted to know what kind of uh, on the road bike, don't worry about the track stuff, but like what kind of power are you putting out in the sprint for the um oh, the robot? I don't know. No, no power idea. meter. I haven't got a power meter. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> oh, what it's like training it? bike. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty screwed at the end of a crit, but I guess like North it's still gonna be close. Or something, surely. Oh it's yeah, 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 yeah. It it it'd be close to two K still. Wow. It'd be close to two K. Because when we sprint, like obviously we race the crit. I mean, Tom races a bit different. He's got a lot more endurance than I do. So he's happy to sit on the front every now and then and chase back breaks. I'm just hiding yeah. in the field, like I was doing absolutely nothing. And um, so I come into the final sprint pretty fresh. And I think you got a good, like, I mean, the uh, like our bikes are pretty flexy. Like it doesn't yeah. feel super amazing to be on them. Um, but it, it'd be close. It'd be easily north of 1700. Wow. Easily. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I want to know what about this, right? So, say you're in a match sprint. Um, yeah. And say, for example, with Glad's go, you're not feeling as good. Maybe you're not feeling, I don't know, as fast as uh, whoever you're versing at the time. Um, what do you do in a match sprint? What kind of, like, how do you beat someone who you know maybe in this moment is actually quicker than you? Um, in the sprint, how do you? What are some of the tactics to win? Because you see it happening on the track. People are diving down, maybe riding high up the track. But like, is it like if you're not faster in a straight line than the guy next to you, guy or girl? What are some of the things you can do? I mean, I guess the first point is you still have to ride to your strengths. You know, like what what are you good at? So for me, my probably my greatest strength is probably acceleration. Mm. So. For me, maybe if they're, they've got way more legs than me for whatever reason, um, maybe on the back, I just don't really do a whole lot, leave them too slow and just try and use my acceleration to win the race, basically, like leave it almost too late. Leave it late. To gain enough speed. Okay. Um, you can also try and keep the race slow because obviously if they're faster than you, you really want to try and keep the speed out of it. Yeah. You know, because that's going to be the component that, will lose you the race in that circumstance. So if you're on the front, you can try and get in their personal space, try and jam them up a bit. Again, like try to just do whatever you can to really take the speed out of the race, but not get caught out. You don't want to leave yourself vulnerable to say them coming underneath or blasting over the top, that kind of thing. But again, it really depends on the opponent. Like a lot of us at the top of the field, we all have good accelerations. You know I mean? We wouldn't be there if we didn't. So yeah. It's really like you kind well, of have makes, to force them into making a mistake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sense. You kind of have to force them into making a mistake basically. But generally if you're within two tenths of them, that you can beat them no matter what, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's doable outside of two tenths and it starts to get a bit like the speed difference is a couple K an error at that point. So it's kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not a whole lot you can do unless they really mess something up. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I, I just wondered because I was there's a when I was watching the um, the track champions league, which by the way is yeah, fuck, it's a great show. Everyone has to yeah. watch it on GCN. Um, the production, I don't know, the production value is insane. But there was a few guys in there who didn't have the top speed, uh, obviously of like yeah. you know, um, you know, current world champion, mind blank. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. But there were some guys who could go way, who could go really long. So they were trying to yeah. just start the sprint pretty much, you know, second lap. Um, and that was yeah. kind of cool to see, you know. there is They, they caught a few guys off, off guard now and again. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's just interesting. Um, okay, so what about this? Uh, yeah, okay. So 
in the team sprint for 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 sprinters, is it like the same? Yeah. Is it viewed upon the same as say the team's pursuit is for the enduro guys? Because the team's pursuit in enduro just seems like now is the be all end all for the for the track program for the endurance guy. Yeah. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah. External, but is it the same with the team sprint or is the individual stuff on the same level? Or is it individual? I think, I mean, I think for the team pursuit guys, obviously like Australia's got a real rich history in, in team pursuiting. So I think there's a bit more sort of like emotion in it, in that sort yeah. of sense. More history. With yeah. us, yeah, yeah, like like that. Like with us, it's been a bit different. It's like, it's my, it's my favorite event by far. Like I absolutely love it. And so do, so do all the other boys. Like we absolutely love getting around each other and just ripping fast laps. And I guess from an organization point of view, if you've got the guys, if you've got three fast guys, four fast guys, it's always kind of the priority event in a way. So that's kind of where the main focus is. Obviously only eight teams qualified Olympics. So to win, you've got, I mean, it's not as easy as this, but to win, you know, there's a one in eight chance in a way. Yeah. Whereas the sprint, there's 32 of you and yeah. there's tactics and there's all sorts that can happen. You know what I mean? There's, it's not everything's in your control. Yeah. Team sprint is like starting for a test that you already know the answers to. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, your guys, you know, you, you know what you're all capable of. And it's just three laps of the black line. There's no tactics. There's no, mm. someone can do something that you're not expecting. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. There could be mishaps and all that sort of stuff, but that can be with anything. Mm. Whereas in a Kieran, for example, there's like a million different possibilities that can happen in that race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you can do the absolute best that you can and you can still be the fastest guy in that race, but anything can happen. Yeah, you get boxed you know in, I mean? you get, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. There's, there's a lot less... There's a lot less things that can go wrong in team events than in Sprint or Kieran, for example. Plus, there's only eight teams, so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of viewed viewed upon as the the main goal, I guess. But I think I think it's good that it's that way because I think you kind of get all aspects of training, like to train for start laps a bit different, but for yeah. second wheel, for example, or third wheel, you have to be strong as. Yeah, you, know, you got to be strong as off the line, first couple of pedal strokes, super high torque, all that sort of stuff. Then you've got to have absolutely mad acceleration to get onto your starter because they're absolutely going nuts in front of you, right? Yeah. They're in a small gear, like yeah. powder weights through the roof, and they're absolutely sending it, right? So you've got to be able to get onto them. Plus, you're doing two laps or maybe three laps. So you've also got to have the length, endurance. And then, because it's a team sprint, and for some reason, the UCI love to do this. We do three of them within like an hour and a half. Oh, man. So you come off and you got like 40 minutes. I mean, it does depend where you are in like the first um, yeah. like seed and then who you verse the next time. You could have a bit longer, but roughly it's about 40 minutes in between both of them. And for third wheel, it's absolutely brutal. Like wow. so brutal. Like, I mean, it's the equivalent of like the 400 meter running. Yeah. Right. Do like you wouldn't see them do three of those in an hour and a half no way they do one a day you know yeah, what one i mean a day, couple of days off yeah so to be able to do that to mm. be able to do team sprint at a world championships at olympics when it's that schedule and when you're going that fast it's it's the perfect train for everything else 
It's mm. good training for Kieran. It's good training for sprint, acceleration, strength, speed, all that sort of stuff. Mm. It's, uh, it's kind of good training anyway. Yeah, sick. That's awesome. Okay. And last one, Zoom's going to kick us off. Uh, if you're not on the track, Maddie, and you're not in the gym, where are you and what are you doing? I spend a lot of my time in my garage uh, building bits and pieces, lots of things. Um, I built a camper van recently. Um, yeah. So that was sick. That's like my biggest project so far. That's on YouTube, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my builds page, MBR Builds, yeah. You got all tagged in the in the in the thing. <laughs> you can see everyone has to go and check it out because you fitted out a full camper, and it's elite. It's it's really cool. how long did it take you to do? Six months. Yeah, That's pretty and that was good. on and off, on on and off with obviously training, and um, I have a few motorbikes that I build as well. Wow. Um, yeah, lots of pieces like furniture, fucking yeah, literally anything like furniture and. Like the camper van was good because it was kind of a lot of things in one. Yeah. You know, that was like woodworking, yeah. carpentry, uh, like, yeah, like all, the whole electrical system plus like a bit of mechanical work on the car. Oh. Like pl- plumbed it in, like upholstery too. Like I posted the, the seat covers and all I that saw. sort of stuff. Like it was Very almost clean. like all, all the kind of tricks of the trade all in one sort of mini project. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed doing it. It was good. But yeah, so if I'm not on the bike, I'm pretty much in the in the garage most of the time. Um building yeah. bits and bobs. I'm into a bit of photography and a bit of filmmaking as well, which kind of goes hand in hand with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Just kind of capturing the the builds and creating a bit of content for that. And did you take the photos um, of the of those pieces that you put on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. nice, man. It looks good. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Cheers. It's, yeah. So it's yeah. good to have those things outside of um your job right like yeah oh absolutely just life balance i guess and obviously it it definitely is that like it's not just oh yeah i love reading books which is super relaxing and good for recovery like i'm i'm in the garage on my feet under cars (laughs) in camper vans in in cupboards that i'm making like all sorts right so when people say oh it's life balance it really is a bit of a (laughs) a bit of a juggling out sometimes but it's good to just switch off you know and like the motorbikes I really enjoy too because you kind of tear this bike apart, cut the frame into little bits and pieces, weld up frame and do all sorts to it. And then you finish it and you get out on it. And it's just like, you just look down and you're just like, like I'll put this thing together with my yeah. two hands. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just yeah. such an awesome feeling. And you're also just like, just being on a motorbike feels amazing too. So it's just like, yeah, it's really good for the head, really good for like that life balance, like I said, and yeah. it's what I enjoy doing. So I'm glad that I've got the the space and the time available to do it. If I was an endurance rider, it'd probably be a different situation. Like those guys <laughs> yeah. absolutely love doing a million hours on the bike. So yeah. <laughs> for me, it's uh, we say more is uh, less is more is yeah. what we say in the mm-hmm. in the sprint world. So love it. I have quite a few rest days a week, so plenty of time to uh get my hands dirty in the in the garage sick mate that's awesome thanks for um thanks for coming on the podcast man on the press room so good yeah cheers thanks that yeah cheers mate
that's another episode of the Press Room Podcast done and dusted. Thanks to Maddie for coming on the pod and chatting track with us. Make sure you check out his Instagram. He posts some really cool content all the time, uh, sometimes of his track efforts, others of just him lifting these insane weights. Um, we're doing like a 4,000 centimeter box jump um, and some other fun stuff with Tom Cornish and Matty Glater and the track team. It's quite good stuff to watch. And also check out his builds page. He's got a page with all his, uh, you know, his tables, his motorbikes, all that stuff he's building. Um, it's quite cool to look at. And uh, yeah, don't forget to follow the or go on the YouTube channel, hit subscribe. That's a big, big part. If you can, please do. And uh, leave a review if you thought this episode was good or share it with a mate who might like a bit of track cycling content um, and wondered how it sort of works for a high-performance athlete. And also, if you're still listening, okay, next week, episode 7, we're going to be talking with someone from GCN, and it's going to be a ripper. Okay, legends, thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next week. Bye.